Hello, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family. Welcome back to the Sober's Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today I'm really excited to bring our special guest, John Evans, to the Sober's Dope podcast. John is considered as the corporate action hero. And I want to read a brief bio from our friend John. John's background as a stuntman fight director, college professor, artistic director, and comedian makes him an intriguing guest that draws audience in and delivers real-world techniques for overcoming self-imposed limitations and achieving maximum potential, even in times of adversity. After a serious back injury that left him paralyzed, John developed his 5F system of achievement. The system hacks the fight-or-flight response, shortening learning curves, and increasing successful outcomes. Using the system, he regained his mobility and went on to perform over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting shows in 16 countries around the world. John now is a highly sought after keynote speaker known as the corporate action hero. He delivers empowering programs to organizations globally. His programs are unique, out of the box, and use bullwhips and nunchucks to deliver his message. John has a studio set up, and he's a professional like no other. I am excited to have him on the podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, with no further ado, I'm going to bring in our friend, John Davis, stuntman, keynote speaker, comedy, sword fighting, college professor, comedian, fight director, and inventor and creator of the 5F system and technique. Hold on, let's bring in our friend, John. Hello. 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 Yes, I can hear you very well. How are you? X, I am doing great. I had to wait for my... uh... My mic to kick in to zoom. Okay. You have a really good microphone. Wow. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's actually a cheap one. Really? It's uh yeah, $99 AT2020. Oh. Wow, beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. He, here's the secret though. Right. It's running in, it's running into a Mackie Pro FX6 um mixer. Instead oh, of, got it. Instead of an, yeah, that that mixer makes all the difference in the world. All right, well, you gonna have you send me those specs so I could I could get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it's kind of cool though. The the, uh, the mic was ninety nine. That thing was only one hundred and forty. Oh wow! Yeah, see, yeah, right. It's just all about. It, you don't have look. to have it. Yeah, That's you don't right. have to. Have it. I, I I should tell you about this thing I'm talking to you on though. That's the, mo- right. more, the more impressive thing. Right. This is actually a. Um, Camera looks pretty good, huh? It looks great. Yes, it looks like yeah. HD this, and stuff. This is a Logitech C920 webcam. Oh wow! Okay, it's a it's a sixty dollar webcam, but the the deal is that I I got a hold of a software that lets me actually tweak the image oh, and turn off certain things. Nice. So, I have a Logitech. I don't know which one it is, but that's why I'm I'm on a Logitech also. Yeah. Are you on a Mac or a PC? I'm on a Mac. I'm on a Mac. Oh, good. Oh, so listen, right. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you everything right now, okay. real quick. Okay. All right, all right. Write this down. Ecam Live. Ecam Live. It's gonna cost you about seventy bucks a year. Okay. Right. Everything that you're seeing right now is running from Ecam Live. 
right got it and i can like if if we were doing a if i was doing my podcast i would click a button and my intro would play really video oh yeah you could have scenes and everything else right? oh man yes yeah yeah so i when i when i record something I, I click and i just record it all at once it's all done when when i hit end it's done nice it's I in, love the, that. in the can um ecamm is made for mac which is what yeah. this which is what i'm on too right um and then you have to get because of the way audio works in ecamm you have to get um it's called black magic um let me see it. Black, I'm sorry, Black Hole. Okay. Black Hole 16 channel. 16 um, channel. So, it, and basically what you use is the vir- the virtual cam okay. for, through Ecamm. So what you're seeing from me right now is the virtual cam out of Ecamm. Nice. A- and the sound coming through Black Hole. Got it. And, the, and then the Ecamm, I've got my mixer as the mic. Okay. And I got my Logitech as the camera. Nice. All right. You got a good yeah. setup. I like that. Wow. Well, thank you very much. I'm always yeah, looking man. to upgrade. I'm always looking to upgrade. How are you doing today? I am doing great. What's your name? I only know yeah. you as sober. Right. So um, I'm Pop you I'm Pop Buchanan. And I'm Pop. A, Pop yes, Pop. Oh, cool. nice. Right. Nice. I was born Joseph Buchanan. Um, uh-huh. but Pop Buchanan is like my stage name, and it's also a name my family gives me since I was a kid. So when I decided to do a podcast about sobriety, telling my story, I wanted to share it with the world as if they was my family. So I brought them in with the theme of pop to make it more, um, you know, personal. And um, so I'm known as Pop Buchanan. I'm the founder of Sober is Dope, which is a podcasting company. Um, We deal with everything from mental health to sobriety, to motivation, productivity, and just encouraging people to thrive in recovery and to take their life back. So we've been around for about two years. We have about 250 episodes. You're part of a beautiful panel of guests. We have everyone from Dr. Rob Kelly, Zach Scow. Um, we have we did stuff with uh, Razcast, a lot of artists, a lot of doctors. We have a lot of good people on Sober's Dope that want to give back and help the community. Um, a lot of nice authors and stuff like that. So I'm excited to interview you today. You're a perfect fit for our audience, right? Because it's a very diverse audience. Um, from, right. And um, it's just incredible to be here talking to you and to meet you today. So I'm very excited. We're going we're gonna to have fun. We're going to have fun. Now, I will tell you, my... My grandfather died of cirrhosis of the liver, and he passed that on down to my father. My father was oh. a, was a, a, a drinker and abuser, and um, and I, it didn't make it to me. Wow, so, that's good. You yeah. bro- well, you you breaking the generational curse. We we say in um in the church, we like to say that sometimes it takes one person to stop and say, yeah. no, not with me. The buck stops here, right? Well, there was there was there was a. They, my, my parents had seven kids and my, my sister has a drinking problem and we, and we we work with her every day on that. But um, none of the rest of us did. And actually several of us, after seeing what my grandfather and father went through, right. several of us don't drink at all. I, I don't drink at all. And I, right. I drank for about five years when I was in my early twenties and then I, I just didn't like it. I just it stopped. wasn't for you. Right. Right. It wasn't that, for me. Right. That's a beautiful thing. Well, thank you. And it goes, uh, it's good for people to hear that, that you can make a conscious choice, right. Despite your familiar background, despite the claims of genetics and addiction, you could decide to say, well, I'm not doing that. And that's the right. Right. Thing. So the question I have for you, uh, before we get into this, um, I consider myself a very spiritual person. Right. Me too. Um, and, and I was raised Catholic, but my mom was very open 
in, when I turned 18 to say, find your own way. Right. And I started studying all religions. Okay. And I started finding my universal truths. Is there any... Is there no, any, right? no. Okay. You and I could dance all day. I studied everything. Well, I was born Catholic. My brother's a Catholic priest. Retired, oh. actually. Um, um, wow, we have a lot in common. My mom my mom had her master's degree in liturgy. Nice. And was head of liturgical doctrine at her church. Wow, great, great. Yeah, my family's <laughs> diehard Catholics. Um, <laughs> and we have a great Christian background. And me, when I was younger, I was like, you know what? My exploration of God has to be more than this. I have to go into the world. I studied everything from Taoism, the Tao Te Ching, mm. studied a lot of Zen, the sufferings, the four sufferings. Um, we studied stuff under the Kabbalion, Egyptology. I dabbled in everything from ancient Adonaki to figuring out the origins of the earth from Zachariah Sitchin, all the way back to finding peace through meditation and Christ consciousness. And so we're, oh, we're in a good space. We're going to have a great time, man, right. because uh, you're speaking my lingo. <laughs> all right. So first and foremost, um, I already did an introduction. We're actually live. So I'll edit out some pieces. So I just want to kind of dive right into it, so to say, mm -hmm. um, because because you're a very um, amazing person um, because you overcame a lot, especially with your back injury. And I want to get into that in your system. Um, but first, I want to welcome you. So welcome to the Soap is Dope podcast, John. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have John Davis here, as you all heard quite Recently, he's a stuntman, keynote speaker, the corporate action hero, comedy, sword fighting, stuntman, college professor, comedian, fight director, creator of the 5F system, and he is the man, and I'm very excited to have him here today. So, John, let's start out on a basic level. Can you just tell us a little bit about you and how you come into all of this great, you know, stuff that you present to the world? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, and thank you for promoting me to the man. Anyway, <laughs> um, back when I was a young young boy, I had this dream of being Errol Flynn. I wanted to be doing sword fights and swinging from trees and doing all that crazy thing. And by the time I got into my early 20s, I had found a way to do that. I started doing Renaissance festivals, and I ended up meeting two of the top fight directors in the world. And they saw me with talent, and they thought, that uh, they could help me and they offered me their training for free. And I started getting very much into doing martial arts and stage combat and sword fights and all that work. And then when um, I was 22 years old, a friend of mine asked me to come out to his house and help him unload his van that was filled with boxes of clay. He was wow. a professional potter, 80 pound boxes of clay. Wow. I climbed up in that van. Now, meanwhile, at this point, I was buff. I was strong. I had long Fabio hair in those days, right? I was looking right. the part. I was, the, I was really feeling great. I was looking at this van as just another workout, really. Correct. And I climbed up in that van. I picked up that first box. I turned to set that, that box outside of the van, and my upper body separated from my lower body. Wow. And, and I literally, my spine split in two. I collapsed. It pinched off my spinal column. Um, they hauled me to the doctor and um, I was informed that I had a condition known as spina bifida occulta, which uh, when they told me that I promptly said gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I had no idea what that meant, but what that basically means is three of my vertebrae never formed properly at birth. And so I had these, this part right above my pelvis that was just not a stable back. And when wow. I twisted with that extra 80 pounds of weight that day, I broke my spine in half. Wow. Um, 
And so the doctor told me that day, you're done. You're done. There's no physical career for you. There's no stunt work. There's no sword fighting. There's no, no physical or anything. You start looking for a sedentary career for the rest of your life. And at 22 years old, and when your dream has been to be a stuntman and a fight director and do right. all that kind of work, that takes you to some pretty dark places. Right. And um, I did. I went into some very dark places. I, commit, I, I was, didn't commit, but I was considering suicide, and I was right. going down that, that route in a very, very bad way. And then a buddy of mine, <laughs> on the outside, it kind of looks like a cruel joke, but he came into my hospital room and he handed me a book. And the book was The Tao of Jeet Kune Do by Bruce Lee. Wow, nice. Right. Well, here's a martial artist who was just told that he'll never do martial arts again. Right. And the guy gives him a martial arts book. Right? <laughs> right. Right. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> but that book was life changing for me because when Bruce wrote that book, he was in traction and had just been told he would never do martial arts again. Wow. Um, while he couldn't do martial arts, he wrote about martial arts. And the book is is really it's it's about Jeet Kune Do, but it's more about his philosophy of, of martial arts. Right. And one of the th- one of the things that really hit home for me was the mental flexibility aspect and the and the being very present aspect. Right. And so what happened was I decided to become very present and and leverage my present moment. You know, whatever happened in my past, I had to set it down, let it go. Right. Whatever this doctor was trying to tell me about my future, I couldn't let it be my truth. Right. Correct. Right. So right here in this moment, I had to start leveraging my present moment. So on day one, I started flexing my upper back muscles because those are the ones that I could. Okay. Right? Right. And then over the course of time, I, I started flexing muscles further down my back. And then one day I was able to flex my hips and the doctors were amazed wow. because I was, pa- I was past the injury. Right. Correct. At, at day 30, I was able to sit up. Amazing. They were, wow. they, they were blown away. At, at about by another month and a half, two months, I was able to walk down the hall. Okay. Basically, could go, could go to the bathroom on my own, which was was new, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, and then, at a long story short, at a year and six months, I climbed up on top of a three story tower and I jumped off into a fall pad. Wow! And, <laughs> and I went on and I did over four thousand live comedy sword fighting shows all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan on six USO tours. I have uh, done sword fights. I have done high falls. I've done zip lines. I've done rope swings. I have been on fire. I have done uh, just amazing physical things my entire life, and uh, have never looked back. That's so incredible. Wow. God bless you. I mean, that's amazing because that's a true testament of mind over matter, right? Mm-hmm. And using the body to heal because we have this spiritual energy. Um, they call it the prana energy, the chi, you know, the, the soul, the spiritual energy. But people sometimes are so disconnected from that. But when you're stuck in these extreme circumstances, that's all you have. You're sitting there with yourself and you, and then your mind could totally destroy you or build you, right? We have the power, that creative God-like power to destroy ourselves or build ourselves up um, based on the thoughts that we think and what we say to ourselves. And you chose to do the impossible and to be incredible and you healed yourself. That's amazing. Um, what, did you go on a permanent healing? Um, like the doctors, like this is a, your spine fine today is... Uh, you know, it's funny. The doctors wanted to put a pin in my back and I turned them down okay. because by putting a pin in my back, that would have created a rigid part of my back, which meant I wouldn't be able to do high falls or rolls. Right. So 
I started doing yoga, started exercising my back. I started walking. And what I basically did was I strengthened my back to hold my back together. And that doesn't mean that I didn't have back issues throughout my career. Right. Yeah, I did occasionally have back issues, but I, I was, I never missed a show one. Yeah. I never missed any show ever for a back injury. Um, in fact, the biggest issue that I had had over my career was um, in compensating for my back. I was spraining ankles right and left. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I was, I would wear ankle braces and knee braces and all my shows just to hold my knees and my ankles together. Right. So, cause I was compensating so much for my back. Um, the interesting thing, I like what you said about that, that spiritual energy, you know, when I look at, when I look at my, my spiritual beliefs, you know, and, and I combine it with my scientific beliefs, right. We only live in one conscious moment and it's, it's the moment that we're in, you know, it's the moment that we can only do the three biggies thought word yeah. and deed. Right. 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 Your past is just, just a collection of present moment memories that create an underlying subconscious belief. Your future is a place where you set goals for your next present moment, but right. your present moment is the only one that, that, that you can do anything. Cool. And Buddha said, what you think you become, you create your world. Gandhi right. said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. Right. Krishna said, you are the culmination of your thought. Right. Which I think is a fascinating one. Correct. But Jesus said, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. And then Moses said, God's name was I am. Mm. And I am is a present moment statement. It's not, I will be, it's not, I was, Correct. I am. Right. And amen means so be it means right here, right now. Correct. Done, right? Done, right. So for me to sit in this present moment, I had to say in this present moment saying, I am a stunt man. I am, I am going to be a stunt man. I am getting today. I am flexing my back muscles. I couldn't wow. get into the, I am broken. I am right. with a bad back. I can't, could not get into that kind of creative statement. Because Correct. those kind of creative statements create that negativity, that, right. that result. And so I had to stay very present and, and stay very much into that concept of here and now I am creating and being part of creation. I love that so much. I love that so much because that brings me to a lot of things, like especially when I was studying the um, um, aspects of the law of attraction, like the purest aspects of it, like you know, your thoughts become things, right? And um, even Wayne Dyer, he said it best, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at begin to change, right? right. And um, for me and my recovery, I was in a dark moment where I was pretty much felt like I was going to die. I was, it was one week of my life where everything started shutting down my body. My, I felt like my organs, I just couldn't keep it together. I lost everything, I, you know, and I was just a normal kid, went to school, came out, had a really good job in real estate, made a bunch of money, but made a bunch of bad mistakes. Somehow addiction took me down this dark rabbit hole and I found myself with no support and I, I had a, everything around me, girlfriend, family, life, house, everything. I was young. And in that moment, I had to just get on my knees and say, I had to make a decision in that moment. It was so critical. It was that present reality. Like you can die in this moment or you can choose to live. But if you do, you have to really make a decision. You can't play games in this because this is the creation and the death energy, right? It was like, you're either going to die or you could create something new. And I got on my knees and I said, I'm done. Any, whatever I had to do from this moment on to get this addiction off of my back, to rebuild my life, God, give me the power, help me. I had to surrender in a way because 
as much as I knew about God, it didn't help because it made me kind of more intellectually obnoxious when it came, came to faith. It created a God complex. I thought I knew it all through dogma and doctrine, but I wasn't using the actual knowledge. I was being pretty much, you know, uh, a prick for a lack of a better word. And I was just disgracing everything that I was raised around. So I had to get on my knees in that moment and give it up. And, and that's real. And I'm still living out that moment. See, it's reverberating throughout my life now and continuously because I have no desire to drink. I created this whole platform to share because it's important because I know it's someone else coming right behind me that didn't intend to hit rock bottom, but they're there, right? And they feel like their life is over. Same way you could have looked at it, but you took it in a beautiful way, you flipped it. That brings me to a system, your 5F system, which this excites me, right? This is my thing. So <laughs> everyone in the Sober's Dope podcast that's listening, they, they, heard, they hear me talk about the fight of flight, the parasympathetic and sympathetic response all day and every day, right? So we know that we want to stay in a sympathetic response, that rest and digest, that's when the healing happens, that's when we can really do our work. But a lot of that gets shut down, we stay in this constant fear response, right? The fight, flight, right. or run, the, or the parasympathetic response. So your system hacks the fight or flight response, Yes. Right? Can you tell yes. us about that? Sure. Let me go. Let me, I'm all excited to tell you about this. <laughs> right. It's the thing that I, I, that I love talking about the most, actually, okay. <laughs> uh, because this is the thing that has let me achieve everything that I've done in my life. And I, I mean, I've worked with movie stars and I have, you know, I've been all I've been to 30 countries. I climbed Mount Sinai. I did, I've done like amazing wow. things in my life, all because of the fact that of the, of this 5F system. And you said it perfectly when you said you, you actually said the words in fear, right? You know, when people get in fear, they're inside of something. So they don't feel like they have control of something that they're inside of. Right. They don't have their hand on the wheel of it, right? So the first thing people have to do to hack the fight or flight response is recognize that they're in fear. You know, right. And once you recognize it and you label it, it is now external. You're, you're no longer in it because you've labeled it. So now it's outside. Right. You can go, I can actually grab it. It's not got my hands on it. Correct. The second thing is, is that to break a fear response, the first thing you have to do is you have to realize that it is a primal response that everybody goes through. We take our fear, our, our fight or flight response judges every circumstance of our life. And so we literally, you know, sometimes it's not, might not be life or death, but we're going to, you know, is that drink going to have going to taste like crap? You know, it's, right. that's the smallest version. It's another fight or flight response. All right. But the interesting thing is, you know, in spirituality, there's a lot of talk about breath, right, and breathing, right, the correct. breath of God, right? The number one physical response of the fight or flight response is the gasping of air, right? If you ever watch National Geographic shows, there's always that one with that poor doomed gazelle. Right. It's out there eating the grass in the field. Crunch, right. crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> and then the tiger hits the field. And the first right. thing you see is the gazelle guess prayer, right? right? Correct. Well, most people, when they're in fear, feel like they can't breathe. They can't get a deep breath. Right. Well, the interesting thing is because of you're in the primal reaction, your body is, does. it's not that it can't get air. It's, it's that your body is full of air mm. and it's not letting any more in. Wow. Right. Okay. It, it's a very interesting flip response, right? Correct. Actors on Broadway are literally trained that if they forget their lines that they are supposed to exhale yeah. and relax all their muscles. Oh, okay. 
and it shuts off this response and all their lines come rushing right back into their head. Wow. That's amazing. It's an amazing. So first thing, first thing, label it, recognize what it is. Right. <sighs> now <clears throat> here's another thing that makes it easier is the definition of what fear really is. When okay. you ask anybody, when I ask audiences all over the world, what is fear? The room goes silent. Correct. <laughs> every, right. every time. Right. And then somebody, somebody, and I'm sure you've heard this. Somebody will say, False evidence appearing real. <laughs> right, right? Right. You'll hear that all the time, right? Right. I don't buy it. I, I, I don't buy that at all. Because when you break it down on a scientific level, fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. Wow. Love it. Spot on. Right? Wow. So if you want to break it down even shorter, it's yeah. negative, negatively focused on certainty. Okay. Nice. Nice. I like that. Okay. Wow. So fear is just negatively focused because if it was, if you were focused on something positive, you wouldn't be afraid. Correct. You'd be excited. Right. Correct. Exactly. So so it's just negative. So that being said, if it's some future event that may or may not happen, fear is not rooted in your present moment. It's rooted somewhere else. It's not where you are. Right. 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 So now you have this concept of fear is just emotion which is a huge, huge factor, right? Right. So when I was on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, I asked the soldiers in the field, I said, how can you go into a firefight or go into a mission and know that you might get shot at or blown up? Or, and they, they said two things. First thing, we all breathe deep, <laughs> right? So they, right. All, they actually said they breathe, right? Correct. He said, the second thing is, it's easy for us because we have an objective. We can focus our, ourselves somewhere else. So the first of the five Fs is fearlessness. The second one is focus. Right. Right. What you're going to focus on. Now, I can tell you from experience, when you're standing on top of a three-story tower and you're looking down at the pad, right. you're not focused on the tower. Right. Right. Correct. <laughs> you're focused on where you're going to land, right? Correct. Right. Right. <laughs> so you're focused on the positive outcome. Now, I'm sure that you know negative people. Yes. I do. Yeah. We all know negative people. Yes. Well, what's interesting about negative people is they always have something to be negative about. Yes. And the reason they always have something to be negative about is because their focus is on negativity. Right. And our subconscious mind literally is designed to help us achieve whatever we focus on. Yes. And I'll give right. I'll give you I'll give your audience a great example. Right. Um, so if anybody in this audience has ever bought a car. And they chose what kind of car they wanted to, to buy before they went out to buy it. Did you notice that you started seeing that kind of car everywhere? Yeah, yeah, it happened. Right? Correct, right. correct, it happened. So your conscious choice chose the car. Your subconscious mind started showing it to you to help you achieve it, right? right. So that's just how the subconscious mind helps you achieve. So if you are focused negatively, the world will look negative. And wow. so- You've, you've got to consciously look at the positive and focus on the positive. We're lucky, though, because our world, as, as messed up as some things are, our world is predominantly positive. Yes. And right. the example I like to give is like, I live in Akron, Ohio, and Cleveland is 30 miles north. If I was to drive and commute to Cleveland every day, I'd probably pass a thousand cars on the road right. on the way there. And maybe one car a day might be off to the side of the road with a fender bender. Maybe. Right. right? We'll just say one. So tonight on the news, what they're going to focus on is the anomaly. 
Yes. The thing that's that's different. They're going to focus on the car on the side of the road. Correct. What should be the number one story is that 999 cars made it safely to their destination without a problem. Right. Right. Correct. Right? correct. The world the world is predominantly positive. So we're, how you focus is what you're going to experience. Yes. <laughs> and you know, in Christianity, they would call that reaping and sowing. Yes. Right. Yes. What you reap yourself. So, or sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. Um, so fearlessly focus. And when you look at the number five, there's, there's one number in the middle that kind of holds up everything else. It's the, it's the main pillar of it all. And that's faith, mm. belief, confidence, belief. you know, confidence, right. and you can get your faith from spirituality. You can get your faith from anywhere. As long as you, your faith is, true confidence in what you're doing believe it right you know when i was when i was getting out of that bed i couldn't put my faith in what the doctor was saying right i had to put my faith in what i was going to do what i was yes. creating you know right right the in the bible it says that whatever you ask in god's name is granted it, it, it nowhere in there does it say whatever you ask uh, in my name is granted if i think you're worthy of it Right. Or it doesn't say anything like that. It says, it says, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. Okay. So God is going to lovingly give you whatever you ask for. Now, asking is, is, is done through prayer, through belief, really. What right. you focus on, your belief is your focus, right? So if you're believing and focusing on negative, God's lovingly going to show you negative things because that's what you're focused on. That's what you're asking right. for. Correct. So that's how I, that's how I see it. You right. know, some people may disagree with that assessment, but that's the way I see it in my in my belief system. So we got fearlessly focused with faith, right? The next one's the hardest one of all of them. Yeah, literally the hardest one. Follow through. Wow. <laughs> you actually got to do something. Right. 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 So, so once you once you start doing this process, you're, you're you, you've already broken out of the fight or flight response by putting fear down in the first step, right? Right, right. You're going to the second one and your focus is helping you keep it at bay, right? Right. Your faith hardens you against it. It's like, uh, nope, yeah. I can dismiss it now because that's not what I'm doing, right? Right, right. But then you have to take an action. And the reason it's the hardest is because that shifting into deed, thought, word, and deed, that shifting into deed is where your fears can pop back up. Oh, right. All right. Right. Okay. Right. 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 So you're there in that moment and, you're, and your fear is starting to pop back up. So you have to, what do you do at that moment? <sighs> you exhale, you breathe. Right. And you get focused on the action. And then you have to realize something else. A lot of people sit in their present moment and they think of this giant goal that they're trying to get to. And that giant goal is sitting out there and in their mind, they're thinking, I have to get to it. Right. But that's not the way the brain works. The brain only is here in the present moment. So in this present moment, your job is to make small, very successful moments. And what happens is the small present moment successes start to draw that experience to you. And then when you find the experience, it, it's going to be in your present moment. Right. But here's the coolest, here's the coolest part. Right. If you can stay fully focused and you stack on real present positive moments, you're stacking present, positive, successful moments in your memory behind you, and you are altering the subconscious mind. Right. And your subconscious mind is going to get more successful and more positive, and it's going to start rotating. You're going to have this groundhog day of success and positivity. 
wow. because you're you're literally shifting your experience. Yes. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Here's here's the last of the five apps, and this is the one that uh, we kind of started our story on, but it was before right. the five apps. When I was in that bed, I had to get very flexible in my mental process. Okay. Flexibility. Flexibility is, is the thing. See, whenever you're trying to go for any goal, something is always going to come up that's going to seem contrary to what you're trying to achieve. Correct. Right? So always. So you can decide, you can take the, the present moment belief that you're done and stop, or you can take the present moment belief that you're still going to reach your goal, that this obstacle is just part of the process. Correct. You see, if you are truly focused in your conscious mind on an outcome, your subconscious mind is showing you things. And if your subconscious mind is showing you things like that car, right? if it's showing you this, it's telling you, okay, to get your goal, you have to deal with this, incorporate this, or push it aside. Right. right? So, right. so whatever obstacle comes up, it's just the thing you got to deal with to get to the goal, because no matter what, you're getting to your goal. Correct. Right? Right. You have to say, Bruce Lee would talk about being like water. Right, right. Rock, Be like, right. correct, correct. Right. You I flow around it. it. You crash through it. You know, but right. you, you know, you could take the form of it, but it's literally about just remaining flexible in those moments when you come up against something that's difficult, something adverse. Correct, correct. I love that. I love that so much. You know, when you was talking about following through right after faith, what came to mind was faith without works is dead. Like when they say that in the Bible, like you have to have, you, you, faith is great, but without doing the work um, right. or taking action, it's just dead, right? And then the flexibility. So you see this in people who are extremely successful and, you know, they tried their business, they try to complete their businesses 10 or 12 times, sometimes more, and they go from one thing to it, but they never give up. And then you see the end result of all the success and think it happened overnight. But they had to right. overcome their fear, <laughs> right? They had to overcome the fear. They had to maintain the focus. They had to maintain flexibility. I love it. So the five F systems, everyone, we're gonna have to send everyone invoices for that one, right? Because <laughs> well, actually, actually, no. Yeah. Your audience is gonna get a copy of the five F workbook. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give you a link to that, and it's a free gift. And let me just say this: it's yeah. a free gift, which means I don't even get email addresses from it. Okay. It's going to get, go the link and get there. My got my my goal today is to give value, not to take from anybody. Right. So right, right. today, you know, I'm going to get, I'm playing the karma game as aggressively as I can. <laughs> I plan on leaving with more points than anybody else. Correct. Correct. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much for that. Very much. Um, okay. We talk about the, um, the action hero, the corporate action hero, right? So you have all of this and then you went from being paralyzed to not accepting that, working around the fair response, rebuilding your whole life and going on to realizing your dreams. And then you take it to this broader sense where you, this corporate action hero, where you're going into corporations and places and you're helping other people. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, for years and years and years, I did a comedy sword fighting show called Hack and Slash. And what was happening was I'd go on stage and I loved doing that show, you know, sword fights, bull whips, beds yeah. of nails, crazy fun stuff, right? right? Lots of comedy. But I discovered that I was really enjoying the time after the show more than the time on the stage. Right. And what I was doing after the show was I was sitting out near the stage and I was helping people reach their goals because of what I had learned getting over my own adversities. And wow. so I started, started seeing these people. I had one woman that I was working with who was agoraphobic. She never left her house. Oh, wow. And 
I started talking to her. And after a year of working with her, she did a solo trip to Africa, climbed a mountain and hung out with gorillas. Wow. Yeah. Talk about overcoming your fear, right? (laughs) Overcoming your fear, right? So I discovered that I I really love, I was really passionate about this. You know, I think if, if you discover something that helps you overcome a huge adversity like that, it's sort of your duty to, to share that because we're all in this, this earth thing together. We're all in this experience here together. And if we're not helping each other out, then we're wasting our time. Right. And the word, so, so I started thinking, how do I take my whips and my, and my swords and my nunchucks and how do I, how do I still do that? Because I enjoy doing that, but, and then also do this other work that I wanted to do. So I created the corporate action hero where I go into companies and I, and I work with individuals on a, on a very straight up level, usually through an entertainment level, I go in with a keynote, but I demonstrate in the room how these principles work. And I'll tell you the, when I do a corporate action hero speech, the the main corporate speech, I do lots of different speeches, but the main speech I do uh, the finale, I go out in the audience and I find the most timid person I can find. and, And I bring that person to the stage. Now, sometimes that's in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Right? right. So I know that they, their first fear is being in front of the audience because they're timid. Right. right? So I, I, as they come on the stage, I say, thank you so much for coming. I give them a lot of positive reinforcement. I turn to the audience and say, isn't she a rock star? Mm-hmm. And I start getting them to give her positive reinforcement. So right. she feels good about being there. And then I say, um, I said, you know, we should just talk for a second, you know, make sure we have a good rapport. I said, hey, do you have any hobbies? And I, I, I lead her to talking about fishing. Okay. And once I, once I get her into fishing, I said, today I'm going to teach you how to, how to cast a fishing rod a, a, a different way. And she said, okay. And I hand her a bullwhip. Mm, <laughs> right. I love it. And, right. And in five minutes, she learns to crack the bullwhip and take targets out of my hand with the whip. Wow. Yeah, by using the five F principle because the I kept, I'm alleviating her fear all the way through. Correct. I'm not talking about whips. I'm talking about fishing, so I'm keeping her in a calm state of mind. I'm making jokes about the whole process. I even get part of the audience to do fish faces. You know, wow, nice. Like yes, yeah, right. So right. she's laughing, having a good time, and then then she cracks it. And then okay, so here's an interesting uh, mental trick, but it's also you know anybody who comes to the stage, they can do anything, and I know they can do anything. And just having someone there who is with them, who knows they can, is huge, That's right? Correct. The second part is, is that once she cracks it, once she gets that crack, I have to shift her out of the, the process she was in. The process she was in was learning the skill. Okay. I have to get her past that and into knowledge of the skill so she knows it. So I actually look at her, so did you hear it crack? I get her to acknowledge that she made her to crack. I said, do it again. And she cracks again. So you, she, you cracked it again. She goes, yes. And so you already know how to make it crack. Right. You already know how to make correct, it crack. So correct. I say that like three times. Right. So now I'm anchoring that she already knows how. Right. Then I make her do something that she has to remain mentally flexible for. I pull out a target and I hold the target out. Now, I know I've just dropped her back into fear like we discussed. Correct. People drop into fear, right? right. So her fear right now, she's going to hurt me. Yes, right. So I say, I look, look at me, look me in the eye. I promise you're not going to hurt me. You know, sometimes you got to lie to people. It's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. now, but I, I have to realize if I'm leading somebody through something stressful 
it's their experience, not mine. Correct. I, I have to meet them where they are and bring them to where I want to be. It's leading, not dragging, right? Yes, You're yes. leading them, not dragging them. Right. 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 Um, so, so once I get there to that point, so you already know how to make a crack. All I want you to do is focus right here and cast your fishing rod. And she does it and she hits the target. Amazing. And it literally is, you know, the, the one, the famous line that I've already quoted, he says, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. But the line that comes right after that's the better line. And the line that comes right after that is nothing will be impossible for you. Amazing. Oh, you know? right, right. And nothing is impossible for you. Right. That's amazing. So, hey, it was a little bit of subconscious programming there, helping someone, you know, get get past their subconscious blocks. Right. And those are those right. little barriers we build for ourselves. Right. I mean, fear is something I look, fear is very important. We is there for a reason. Right. Um, but like when I was studying like the auto autoimmunity and how people get sick, right. It was come this prolonged fear response. That's the problem, right. This day and age, we register everything as that, um, kind of saber tooth tiger coming around the corner. Right. But it's not really there. Your, yourself, it got to a point where my cell phone would ring and then I would get into a stress state, right? Maybe because of work, maybe because I have a lot going on. Um, and this is one of the things that fuel addiction. This is one of the things that fuel mental health issues, right? That fundamental depression, anxiety, PTSD, not being able to break through through PTSD. And what you're talking about, I love because I recently learned about post-traumatic growth, right? You never mm-hmm. hear about this. You only hear about, like you said, the negative stuff, PTSD, like the trauma, right? right. But out of trauma, there is the potential to grow, right? So to right. release right. that fear and stuff. And I think a lot of what you're doing is awakening the inner action hero and teaching people the five Fs is teaching, helping people grow through the fear and through that muck and Maya of the fear and stuff. And I love it. I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you the uh, corporate action hero. Why not superhero? What's the difference in your mind from the corporate <laughs> action hero and superhero? Well, well, I chose, well, first of all, let's think about what an action hero is. Right. The word action means create motion, start momentum, or to do something. The word hero is someone who achieves an extraordinary result in service of others. So that's why I chose action hero. Now, basically what that really means is that an action hero is an ordinary individual who can create an extraordinary result. Right. Superhero is somebody who wears their underwear on the outside of their pants, (laughs) usually is irradiated by some sort of goo and has superpowers. Right. And because they have superpowers, when they do super things, they're really slacking. They're not doing anything out of their box. Correct. Correct. I'd much rather be an action hero. (laughs) Me too. Me too. I love that. I love that. So you taught us how to deal with our fears, how to overcome it and keep moving. You also taught us, well, we did speak about negative people. So I want to go back there for a minute, right? Um, For a lot of us in recovery, right? What's the straightforward advice you would give us on dealing with that negative person, right? Like they're there, they're in our life, or you're never going to be anything. Maybe it's that programming coming from a negative parent. You're never going to amount to nothing. That nagging that sits with people for years. That's some of where the trauma starts from our childhood. So how do we deal with negative aspects of our childhood trauma and people? I know that's loaded, but just mainly the negative. Oh, no. I I have a background myself. My my grandfather and father were both alcoholics and, you know, I I did break that cycle. So to me, yes, there are people in your life who will always be. My father was a very emotionally abusive person, very emotionally abusive. And unfortunately, of the seven kids that he had, I was the one that 
took the brunt of the abuse. And so I had to overcome a lot of that as well. But the interesting thing is, is when you get later in life, you have to realize when you're in your present moment, it's not theirs, right? If you're allowing their emotional state to affect you, you're living their life and not your own, right? You have to realize when they are in that state, they are in a very bad place. So the first thing you have to do if you want to help them is not go there with them. And because if you go there with them, you're just going to go down a spiral yourself with them. They're going to drag you down. You know, when, when someone's drowning and you go out there to try to help them, a lot of times the person who tries to help gets drowned too. Yes. Because they get pulled under because of right. the panic, right? Right. So the first thing you have to do is make sure you're very clear. Um, the other thing you have to do is, is start giving them positive reinforcements about positive things. Because trust is developed by results over time. And so if you, if you want them to have trust in a positive outlook, you have to promote the positive. My father, the one piece of advice I got from my father was, was uh, he says, one oh crap wipes out a thousand attaboys. Oh, right? wow. Right? Right. Right. Correct. Right? right. But the interesting thing is you have to give the thousand attaboys. Amazing. For the one oh crap to have the, have the power, right? Correct. So, in this situation, I'll give you an example. I, I was in a restaurant one time, and I'll never forget this. Me, me and a guy were in a restaurant, and the server came over. And she, the first thing she said to us, I'll never forget this. She says, I'm so sorry. I'm in a really bad mood, and it's going to affect your service in a negative way tonight. Wow. That's- All right. <laughs> My, the guy I was at dinner with got yeah. instantly mad because okay. he dropped into her, her experience. Correct. Right? Correct. What I said was, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Why don't you sit down? I'll serve you a meal and I'll take care of the rest of your tables. Wow. <laughs> right, right, right. right, right. And, and she was like, what? And then I started just making jokes and laughing with her. And what happened was by the end of dinner, she was hanging out at her table laughing and joking. And we completely turned her experience. You see, right. I'm not going to invest in hers. I'm going to bring her to mine. I love right? it. I, I love yeah, it. You, have, you really just have to bring positive to people's lives. That's amazing. That's because that's transformative. Right. And you could take mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I had an experience about two years ago where my um, a, a really close person in my life, I'll just say that they, um, you know, I reached out to them, try to get in touch with them. They let they wrote me back this really nasty, nasty, negative letter. And at the time, I, I didn't understand as much as I know now, even though it was two years, I grew a lot. But I actually read it and I took all of that negativity in. Right. And then I was and I was out of state. So I was in Massachusetts. I live in New York. So I had to drive back with all of that in me from New York. When I got to New York, my lower back went out. I literally damaged my lower back. I was out of work for weeks. Um, I had to sit with a cushion behind my back to this day. It was just a lot. And I realized that if unprocessed emotions get stuck in the body, right? They had this new doctor that has this great, um, I forget the name, but the concept is the body keeps the score, right? When you don't, when you're not able to process these emotions. And that's just even if you feel like crying, cry, if you feel like hitting the punching bag, or if you feel like um, forgiving, forgive, but try to find some avenue to let this, these things go, 
because that would keep you in the fear response or something close to it, right? That negative response, it's all there. It's where you keep replaying the negative incident in your head over and right. over and your body's reliving it because the brain doesn't know that it's not happening again because you're, re you're constantly thinking about it or rereading it. The brain just right. thinks, oh, here we go again. And your body reacts and it's just a negative, negative um, cycle. Um, so... Go ahead. You know the story about the two, the two Zen Buddhist monks who come to the raging river and it's the older, older monk and the younger monk. And they get there and there's a woman on the shore and the, you know, the woman says, I can't get across. Can you help me across? And the Zen Buddhists aren't, aren't allowed to touch women. Right. And the master without thinking grabs the woman, throws her up on his shoulder and carries her across the river and sets her down. And they keep walking down the road after the other side, the master and the student walking down the road. And, and suddenly about a mile and a half down the road, the, the student said, master, how dare you? How dare you? You know, we're not allowed to touch women. You, you, why'd you pick her up? And the master says, I put her down at the riverbank. Why are you still carrying her? Wow. That's heavy. That was, <laughs> wow. I like that hit me. I like that. Why are you still carrying her? There you go. Why are you right? still carrying her? Right. That's you're living, right. Her, you're living, you're living that negativity, you know, wow. you let things go. Buddha would talk about lack of attachment. Don't get attached to negative things. Get attached to the nirvana, the, po the possibility of, of that, that wonderful feeling of bliss. You know, I meditate twice a day for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons is that, so that I don't have back issues because right. we carry our stress in our back. Right. And so by right. keeping myself meditated twice a day, my world goes so much smoother. You know, I, I kind of, kind of skimmed over earlier when I started doing this process of meditation and, and staying very present. I literally have been to 30 countries. I have climbed Mount Sinai, I clown Machu Picchu. I swam in the blue lagoons of Iceland. I have been inside the pyramids of Giza. I have wandered the streets of, of Jerusalem and Galilee and Capernaum. I've stood wow. on the, the hillside of Bethesda. I've been, I've been everywhere all over the, all over the world. Right. I have worked with movie stars. I have done, you know, crazy sword fights. I have done incredible, incredible life. Right. right. But it's all, it's all a matter of, keeping my mindset very clear and smooth and just choosing and doing. That's why I don't believe in affirmations. I believe in declarations Nice. because I think, I think even affirmations are a soft flabby word, which means I'm trying to shore something up. That's not positive. Right. right? That's what I'm affirm it. Right. So no, I just declare, I take the words of Yoda very seriously. Mm, do or do not. There is no try. Right, right. I love that. I love that. It's declarations is kind of like decrees, right? Like when you do a spiritual decree, that's why I used to practice that a lot. I have to get back into that. You taught us so much today. I mean, um, John, thank you so much. A meditation, like I want to close there because that's something that I've been trying to really talk to the community about as a form of that's the right medication, I think. Like that's how you get off of the prescription drugs. That's how you get out of the the anxiety medications and stuff like that. We know that the brain comes alive through meditation. You can activate both parts of your brain. You get the full brain experience. It's healthy. Um, and I also tell people sometimes it's not about a spiritual practice. It's about calming your nervous system down, you know, collecting your thoughts, healing your mind and your brain and start there. Then you will uncover the spiritual aspects. I study under the um, transcendental a little bit, a little under the Vedic. So I do my meditation with, um, I close my eyes, I try to do it between, you know, 15 to 20 minutes. 
two times a day, like you say, and I utter some type of mantra or something to keep my thoughts centered. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but that's usually what works for me. Um, and I like to tell people that the crazy thoughts that you're trying to calm down, just find a way to be aware of them because after a while they go away, right? They don't stay right. there forever. Like you just have and, to- and, and- and the big secret to meditation, right. most people don't think they can meditate. Right. And it's because those thoughts pop into their head, right. right? The people who become very good meditators are the ones who keep doing it until the quiet times last longer. Nice. That, right. 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 You know, I've right. Done, I, do, I do 40 minutes in the morning, 40 minutes in the evening. Oh, 40. Every nice. day. And I, I started with mantras and all that. Now I just, I literally close my eyes and dip right into a bliss state. Oh, you could go and right I mean, in. I go right in every time. Oh, wow. Um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, with addiction, we're all trying to get a state where we're kind of medicating our fears. Correct. And, and the reality of it is, is that I get so much more from that bliss state and meditation. I'm sitting here, I'm, get, I'm getting goosebumps now as I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, it because yeah. I feel it, you know, right. um, that bliss state is so much better than any, any alcohol that I ever drank in my life, you know, right. <laughs> or, or even better than the pizza I ate tonight, right? <laughs> right. right. You know, right. Whatever your addiction is, that's, the, that's what you're, you're just trying to medicate it, medicate your fear. So you can get to that place of, of this feeling that we get naturally. Beautiful, beautiful. So any tips for beginners or people who's on the fence, like where should they start with meditation? What do you recommend? You know, quite, quite literally go, go on, go on YouTube and find yourself a nice visualization one. Right. That you can listen to Correct. just start there because sometimes having that thing to focus on yes. gives you, you know, for <laughs> years ago when I, when I was doing some meditations, I would meditate and then I would, I would do subliminal meditations while I slept. I'd play yes. them while I slept. Correct. And I got to the point where I, I turn it on and the first sentence I was gone, you know, oh, <laughs> like yeah. instantly. Right. And they would play for eight hours and I wake up and I feel great. And then I go meditate the way I meditate. Right. But the thing was that you just start just take an action. You know, you have to realize that today's choices are tomorrow's outcomes. Right. And so if right. you're going to, if you're going to have a different tomorrow, you've got to think, do, and say the things right here and now. And, you know, Shakespeare once said words without thoughts, never to heaven go. So yeah, that. you have to realize that you can't just say it. You got to do it. Right. It takes us back to follow through. Right. Do the work. Okay, And be flexible. Ladies and gentlemen, this is John Davis, the amazing, amazing John Davis. John, thank you so much today. I didn't even you know, we 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 did everything I wanted to do, but I had no idea this was going to be so pure. This has been a really pure blessing. Thank you so much. because Oh, I could feel your spiritual work. And I needed that today. Sometime I'm out here and I'm always trying to, and you helped me to kind of redirect my mission today and to remember what's important and that we could overcome these. If we overcome these fundamental things, we could go to the moon and back. So thank you so much. Before I let you go, can you let anyone know where they could find you and any final thoughts? The floor is yours. Yes. yes. So I'm uh, easy to find corporateactionhero.com. And you can go there. You can find my Facebook and all that. It's on that page. Uh, I put out a daily um, daily video uh, for motivational, just a short little motivational. Basically, I find a quote that I find interesting and I, I expand on it a little bit. Okay. Um, I have a, a, a podcast on there called Interaction Hero. Uh, 
okay. um, which is which is kind of fun. Um, the link you're going to have to get the link in the show notes because it's got a really long sort of drawn drawn okay. out link. Yeah. Um, but you won't find it on the page. This is strictly for podcast audiences. Okay. And in closing, one of the things I would say is this: you know, we live in the I am moment. We live in this present moment, and whatever you're putting after I am is what you're creating. So if you're if you're putting words like trying or wanting, or needing, or hoping, God's going to lovingly giving you wanting, needing, hoping, and trying, and that is not a good feeling. Right. Choose creative words put after your I am. I am enjoying. I am creating. I am living, you know, exciting life. I am, I am, I am. But right. don't put words that are inactive in your present moment. I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it from the best, John Davis. You're listening to the Soap is Dope podcast. Please re-listen to this episode. I promise you with all my years, this episode will give you the key to what you're looking for on your journey of recovery. I love you all. And John, thank you so much. God bless you. And everyone, I'll catch you all on the other side. Go in peace and love. Thank you.